Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Hey, it's Isla, your founder, CEO, and host of the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. And I'm going to start pre-recording some intros because I think they sound a little bit better. And I always want to relate what we're talking about back to why it's important for health and overall weight loss. So our exercise episodes perform very well. So we're giving you what you want and including more. Today, we have trainer and coach Tyler back on to talk about why you're not going to get bulky from strength training. When I tell clients to start strength training, they often are afraid they're just going to get bigger by adding a layer of muscle under a layer of fat. However, that's not necessarily how it works, and strength training can really be a game changer if you're not seeing progress in your weight loss journey. Also wanted to include this last topic to conclude our protein month over on Millennial Living because you can't increase your muscle mass if you're eating a low-protein diet. So let's dive in and learn why strength training isn't going to make you bulky. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tyler. Our previous episode did really well, so I definitely wanted to have you back because um, I feel like you were really helpful and teaching a lot of concepts that I didn't even understand. So thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me again. I hope that uh, people found some actionable takeaways, and I'm excited to talk about this one too. How are things going? Any new like foods or wellness habits? I know the last time you talked about the cow, and I asked other people about it, and they're like, yeah, yeah. it's true. You can totally do that. Are you buying anything else these days that are fun? Uh, not really. This month has been a little, uh, crazy for my health and fitness. I had, I went to Florida for the first week of April and then last week and I was in North Carolina for my brother's bachelor party. So kind of been all over eating out a lot more than normal, not getting all my lifts in per week, but, um, it's all good. You know, I'm still, I'm trying to cut down for the summer, get a little leaner. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I've been showing on my Instagram page, trying to just enjoy foods, enjoy and enjoy time with friends and family and not be super uh, like restrictive. You, what you do you do to cut? Because I tried to do the bolt cut thing one time and it was so hard for me to switch yeah. over to like automatically just like start eating less. Like what is your tip when you do cut? Because that's hard. I feel like I'm kind of in a minority group where I am... I don't like to, I don't want to sound braggy or anything, but I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to this because I've done it for so long, yeah, but yeah. I can, I kind of have that on and off switch where like, if I know I'm cutting, I will just like stop eating certain foods or I will just like hit my calorie goals no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like I, I focus on nutrient dense, whole foods, minimal ingredients, and like no, no processed foods, but obviously the first few weeks of April, like being out of town, yeah. going to new places. I'm going to go to restaurants. I'm going to eat snacks. I don't like restrict myself unless I have the ability to. So like gotcha. being at home and living a normal life, I can really, I can make my own meals. 
I don't have to eat snacks. I don't have to go have any drinks with friends. I can really control those things. And for me, it's, it's just calories. Um, I stay under my calorie goals and I get my steps in, I get my lifts in. So just when I'm out, it makes that a lot easier. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, basically what we talk about all the time, trying to just like do what you can being realistic, not being like to the point where you're like, I'm never going to go on vacation, but like just do what you can when you have your, like yeah. when you're able to control it. Yeah, of course. Gotcha. So I mean, in college, I, I, I never got diagnosed with a binge eating disorder, but I, I probably did have that. Um, I would restrict. This is like when I first started learning about nutrition and mm -hmm. exercise and calories and counting macros and all that stuff. And I would be super, super strict during the week. I would do a ton of exercise. And then on the weekends, I would just go overboards and eat like gobs and gobs and of mm -hmm. food and ice cream and whatever it was. And then I would feel bad about it, feel that guilt and shame. Uh, and then over the years, I've just worked on realizing that like you can only control the things you can in each day and to not hyper-focus on uh, each day and focus on everything as a whole over time. And as long as you build those habits and realize that everything from bulking to cutting, both of those things are going to take a lot of time. And the more you can focus on the big picture and then just controlling what you can and not being too, I don't know what to say, like don't be too caught up in your like mistakes or bad foods or whatever. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Not I think you were saying it's like pushing forward. Like there's going to be mistakes no matter like what kind of health journey you're on, but like try not to focus on it. And said like pushing forward and just like focusing on the next day and focusing on what you can do, yeah. improving a little bit each day. Yeah. Just about the habits and not beating yourself up too much. If you have something that might be off limits or whatever. Um, well, with our pop culture, a little piece today, um, I was like running out of so many ideas. So actually Vanessa, who kind of works for us behind the scenes, she's like, a lot of people are talking about the Taylor Swift stuff and I'm not a Swifty. Um, so I think I messed that missed this, but I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, uh, the article is from the every girl. And I think people are more so talking about it, like on TikToks and reels and Instagram and stuff, but as an actual article to link out, if you're interested in reading more, it's from the every girl and it. The title is How Taylor Swift Stays Fit Enough to Perform for Three Hours Straight. So this writer is more so just like speculating, I guess, from like previous things that Taylor has said um, on what she does. But I thought it's interesting because I never, I feel like you never really think that like, um, like an entertainer or like a singer has to train themselves to be able to. And I don't know if you've seen those um, videos with the singers that have to like walk on a treadmill to practice, like how to have like the steady breath, but they kind of yeah. speculate that she might like dance for exercise. Um, but I wanted to get like your two cents on like, kind of like what were your initial thoughts about this? Like, do you feel like there is any strength training goes into celebrities have to do stuff like this? What did you think? Some of the stuff in there makes a lot of sense. So it said that she went to a dance class a few times per week. She focused on some just general strength training um, for her whole body. And those two pieces. And then the other thing was um, kind of like you said, the walking and focusing on breath work. Um, all of that ties into being able to sustain her performance on stage. So if you think about her concerts are what, like three hours long or so. You need to have the endurance to do that. So that's where she's going to get her, her walking, her jogging, and then focus on her breath. Doing that throughout the week is going to allow her to control her breath while on stage and be, just be in better shape. So think about the higher your overall fitness is 
and then think about her her performance is probably not the most strenuous thing that she does so mm-hmm. if your training is more strenuous than your actual performance then her performance is not going to be as hard does uh-huh. that make sense mm-hmm. so when she's doing her training and she's pushing her breath and she's pushing her cardio then when she's on stage it's not going to be as difficult for her when she's actually doing what she needs to do gotcha. it's kind of like the same thing kind of like the same thing for professional athletes like their their training is so much harder than the actual game and it's so long throughout the year that when they get to the games they're able to perform at such a high level yeah, I think that kind of feeds into the next question I had, which was, um, I'm sure people will read this and then like think that they need to do all these things, but it's like, what's really applicable, ap- applicable to us and those of us who aren't professional athletes or aren't like on a tour are, can you speak to like the reason why you like, why does training or exercise or cardio fitness like help in daily life? I'm thinking even like for parents who you like run around with their kids or I don't know, or is there anything that you feel like it helps if you are just like fit overall, I guess. Just in general, the more fit you are. So if you're going on a hike or you're playing with your kids, you don't want to get hurt by bending over and picking up your kid. Or like Mm -hmm. if you're doing yard work and yard work is the most exhausting thing in your week, then if you can increase your overall fitness, your overall strength, your overall cardio, that yard work's not going to be as hard and it's not going to beat you up as much. So just things like that, if you're getting beat up by things that are kind of what people used to do every day back in the 40s and 50s, then that's a good thing. You know what I mean? You should be able to do those things without it beating up your body. Okay. And then why is that? Like if somebody's like, well, I don't care about that. Like, why should they care? I don't know if it's too harsh to say, but just like being a, a more productive member of society and just being a better person for your family and your friends. Like if you're, if you're so unhealthy that you are so unfit that you can't do things in your life that are enjoyable, or you just physically can't do things like yard work or going on a hike, then your quality of life is less than what it could be. Yeah, no, I I don't think that's too harsh to say. I think that overall speaking to like the overall reward of like, I mean, I have a lot of clients who like, you know, especially all of my wonderful California clients that have like all these great hiking trails that they can't do on the weekend if they're not in shape. And I think it can be limiting to your social life or if you have kids and like, you can't chase them if they're running across the street, stuff like that. I think it is, I think it's just good to know that like you can have a better life if you are a little bit more physically fit. Yeah. So I think that just comes down to the overall quality of your life will be significantly better if you are more fit. We're highlighting a lot of protein information for you for the month of April. So I wanted to include an ad that can make protein intake easier for you. I'm talking about Kevin's Natural Foods. I'm really excited about this ad because it's a product that I already recommend to clients anyway. I reached out to see if we could get a discount code for you and an affiliate code for me, and they were all on board. So here we go. We're all about whole foods at The Millennial Nutritionist, as in food in their most natural form, and Kevin's Natural Foods really fit that criteria. They offer pasta meal kits, heat and eat sides like mashed cauliflower, and what I normally recommend to clients, their refrigerated chicken entrees like Thai, coconut, and Korean barbecue chicken. These are great for weight loss because they are an easy protein source that you could buy from the store and take home and just heat up. I know that a lot of you struggle with having enough time to make those important high protein meals. So check out Kevin's Natural Foods to solve that problem. 
If you come home at the end of the day and you know you really don't want to cook something from scratch, this could be a really easy thing to just pull out of the fridge, add a vegetable and maybe a whole grain to it, and that is good enough for your meal. Enjoy the rest of your evening and go to bed. You can find Kevin's Natural Foods at a lot of grocery stores, Whole Foods being one of them. But if you order online and use the code TMN at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your purchase, your first purchase. Basically, why I want to bring you on today to talk about bulking. So I really don't have a program that lends itself to bulking, but a lot of clients that when I start telling them that it's time to start strength training, we need to get this metabolism up. We need to get some muscle mass on you. They start to get really worried that they're going to turn into like Mr. Olympia. So I just kind of want you to like break it down of like basically how hard that is. So people aren't afraid to start doing that. Um, So let's start from the top of like, why is it even important to build more muscle mass or maintain muscle mass is a lot of our clients goals for overall health. There's a lot of things that can be unpacked in that. Um, Uh But to start, I'd say for overall health, the more muscle you have, the higher metabolic rate is going to be. So that means the more calories you're going to be able to eat. So if you think about a lot of people, probably a lot of your clients are on restricted diets Mm -hmm. and a lot of people in general who want to lose weight or change their physique usually have to eat a low calorie diet. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to stick to long-term especially in the world we live in where everything is higher calorie and a lot of people don't exercise regularly. If you can build more muscle, then you're, you're able to eat more food without putting on weight. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think about a lot of, a lot of lean people that have a lot of muscle, people will look at them and like, Oh my gosh, you eat so much food, but you're so lean. How is that possible? Well, it's because they have more muscle and then they burn more calories at rest. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people like, you know, it's like you, you want to build muscle because that way when you sit down on a couch, you're burning more calories as opposed to when you don't have as much muscle and you have to like do twice the work just for the same amount of calories. So it's kind of like a little hack if you think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So you're saying it makes it mostly like easier overall to be able to lose weight. Um, how can having increased muscle mass, like help us in our daily lives? Like, are there any functions that it helps with the muscle? Probably not itself, but in order to obtain muscle, you're probably going to gain strength, which is again, going to tie into the overall better quality of life. So if you think of like carrying groceries Mm -hmm. or people that need your help with moving things around the house or say your friend is moving and they ask you to come help with moving. If you aren't strong enough to do that, then that's a decreased quality of life. In my opinion, you want to be able to help people. You also want to be sufficient and independent. So if you're stronger, you're going to be able to do those things and it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I I feel like I hear this a lot with parents. I mean, I'm not a parent, so it doesn't come like first in mind to me, but I know a lot of clients, they want to start working with us because they feel like they can barely keep up with their kids. They can't chase them up the stairs. They kids are really active. And so they don't have the energy or even, yeah, like are able to hold them, stuff like that. So I think thinking about how muscles, what allows you to move throughout the day, if you can increase your strength, you can move a little bit better and therefore like have a better quality of life is I feel like what you're saying too. Is that right? There's also like the thought of when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, which a lot of people don't think about, but having more muscle and strength in your younger years 
significantly decreases your risk for like hip fractures or falls. And so the stronger you are, the better balance you're going to have. So if you're 60 or 70 and you want to get off the couch or you just want to decrease your chance of breaking your leg, you need to be stronger and more fit in your younger years. So I think that's, that's one of the most like common things is people don't think long-term and what they can be doing for themselves right now in order to help themselves when they're older. It's like the same thing as investing. A lot of times people forget that it's not just about aesthetics, but having more strength can really help you. I remember there's this one thing we learned in school and I don't even remember the intricacies of it, but I remember my whole class was like, what in the world? Like something about how if like you do have a hip fracture, like your chances of dying go like way up because if you can't move around or like you're sedentary and you get an infection, you can't take care of yourself. And one way to prevent all that is just by, yeah, having more strength, having more cushion for when you fall, having something that can help you to not even have to fall too. Um, Exactly. What about muscle mass or strength? Can you tell me how do we build strength or muscle mass? So there's a few components. Obviously, you have to strength train, and that's going to look different based off of where you're at. So if you have a a 300-pound person who um, has not been working out, strength training for them might look like doing like a modified push-up doing modified squats, body weight squats versus someone who's more advanced is going to need probably the weight room. Um, you can, you can still main, or you can still build muscle and strength without weights, but weights are a very convenient and easy tool to continue building muscle and strength. So someone who's more advanced might be doing like heavy bench presses and squats versus that person that's 300 pounds. And, um, it's just kind of starting their muscle building process. Um, so that's the resistance training side. And then the other side is the diet. You want to eat about 300 to 500 calories above maintenance level. And if you're eating more than that, you're probably just going to pack on, uh, more fat mass, which is when people become like that bulky look, which is mm-hmm. what especially women don't want to have. And what they kind of think about when women think about bulky, they think about either like women bodybuilders or just like becoming super thick. Mm -hmm. And the only way that you're going to do that is by an excessive amount of calories over time. So if you're eating around maintenance or just a little bit over maintenance, all that's going to happen to women is they look more toned and leaner Mm -hmm. instead of looking super like bodybuilding type look. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I hear you saying that there's a combination of the strength training and nutrition tie into it. Um, what a person, what if somebody like just tackles one of those, can you still build muscle mass and strength or no, does both of those, do both of those have to be there? They both have to be there. So if you, if you're resistance training and you're eating in a deficit, your body will lean out Mm-hmm. but it's not going to actually be building muscle mass. You have to have a surplus of calories in order for more muscle to be built on your body. Mm-hmm. And if you're just overeating and you're not resistance training, then you physically can't grow muscles. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's get into the nitty gritty of how people actually bulk. So can you talk about how long it takes? Um, just because I want to clarify some clients, I mean, we only work with them through three months, but some of them do get afraid that yeah. if they Strength training for the whole three months, they're going to turn super bulky. So how long does it really take? The research shows that 
the maximum rate of muscle growth is 0.5 to 2 pounds. So 0.5 to 2 pounds of muscle per month. And that's if you're doing everything right, like everything's spot on. That means you're taking a lot of your sets to near failure or close to failure. That means that you're eating in a 300 to 500 calorie surplus every single day. Uh, you're maximizing your sleep, you're maximizing your recovery. Like it is super hard in the first place to do all that stuff. So very few people, very few people train hard enough to elicit maximum muscle growth. Mm. And very few people that are trying to seriously build muscle mass, eat the amount that's required for them. Um, so I work a lot with high school athletes and mm. most of them are trying to build muscle mass, but they have no clue how much, how many calories that they, they really need to eat. Mm. And most of them don't eat their, uh, don't eat the amount of calories needed to maximize their muscle growth. So back to the main question is, 0.5 to two pounds per muscle is the absolute most that you can gain per month. And anything above that, you're probably going to be gaining more fat than muscle anyways. So you want to take it slowly and otherwise you're just going to gain more fat. Okay. But for somebody to look like uh, a woman bodybuilder or like Mr. Olympia, like how long does that take? Oh my God. One, a lot of drugs, a lot of steroids. Oh, really? <laughs> two, like years, like minimum, minimum six years with mm -hmm. drugs and, and everything, like I just mentioned has to be on point. Like mm -hmm. you have to be in a, in a great calorie surplus. You have to be killing yourself in the gym probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and, and if you, even if you are training that hard for that long, it's going to be hard to recover from that unless you're on steroids. So most people don't understand how hard you have to train in order to really maximize your muscle growth. Uh, so I think very few people should worry about getting to that point. And the thing is, if you are training that hard and you are, and you do have your um, calories in check and your protein in check and your sleep's great, if you start to build muscle and lean out, you can just like pull back a little bit if you mm -hmm. think that you're getting too bulky. So that's, that's the nice thing about it. Like my, my challenge would be to try and do that, try and get to be that bodybuilding type shape and build as much muscle as you can. And if you really think that you're getting close to that, you can just stop or and just pull back a little bit. What do you mean? Pull back from what? Like decrease the amount of weight you're lifting, decrease workouts in yeah. general. What do you mean? Yeah. So you would just decrease the intensity, decrease the amount of, um, sets that you're going close to failure and then bring your calories back a little bit and adjust your diet there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So kind of like starve out the muscles. I hear you kind of what you're saying a little bit. Yeah, kind of. And just kind of, instead of shifting your focus towards maximum muscle, um, building, you would just shift your focus more, less intensity in your workouts, keeping more reps in the tank. So think about if you're doing um, a set of 10 reps on bench press. If the most amount of weight you can lift for 10 reps is hundred pounds, then you would either do a little bit less weight or you could do that 100 pounds, but just do like six reps instead of the 10. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No, that makes sense. Cause I do sometimes get clients who like are at a lower body weight and they're kind of, they're used to, they're really disciplined. They've gotten down, but then they don't know what they're like. Do they just keep on pr- pushing and pushing and pushing, but they don't necessarily like want to build more muscle, but it sounds like you can maybe just like pull back and like, just maintain where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and then I do get some people sometimes who have kind of been from other programs that are sound like a little bit more like power lifty programs or something. Cause they are sometimes worried. They're like, look, I've done this before. And I just rapidly gain weight. Why do you feel like that would happen to me? It kind of sounds like you're saying that it's, you're probably like way overeating or is there another reason you would just get like, you said like thick, I don't know if you mean like thick with two C's or like, you know, like big, yeah. big, <laughs> how does that happen? So that would definitely come from the diet aspect. Um, for those people, I would really like to see try to figure out kind of where their maintenance is and then see what, how much they were actually eating, uh, when they were doing that program. Cause if you're even for powerlifting, I've seen lots of powerlifters, even like every day when I go to, I go to the gym that I train at, but I also go to lifetime and mm-hmm. I'll see people at both gyms who do powerlifting. So like super heavy weight, but they're, they're skinny and they're like, they just have that thin like dense muscle you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you'll see people with that are kind of shredded but they look strong versus people who are thick and they're just like kind of like think of an offensive lineman in football who are just big big people a little bit of excess fat but they definitely look strong so that's what i mean by thick right so like thick versus toned i guess is what you would call that yeah um, but and, that's going to come from the amount of food that people are eating. Okay. So you're saying that it might be an indication that you're eating an excess of calories. If you are yeah. getting like adding a little bit of little too much fat along with muscle yeah. and you don't want that look. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. So if you're, if you're gaining, if you're gaining like two, two to three pounds or more per week, then a lot of that's going to be due to an excess amount of calories. And then your body is just holding on to more water from the excess amount of calories. Um, so you would just need, you would need to pull your calories back and unless you're severely underweight and you need to put on weight. Um, should someone be afraid that they will get bulky if they're starting a new strength training program? Cause isn't there like that one, like concept of newbies can like lose fat and gain muscle at the same time or something, or is that like a myth? People that are new to lifting are certainly predisposed to gaining muscle faster and losing fat faster. But again, you have to be doing everything like right on point in order for that to even have a chance of occurring. Mm -hmm. So they're going to see strength gains faster. And a lot of that is not only due to them having a lower base level, but just your body getting used to a new movement, you're going to progress faster on it. And then eventually over time, you're going to slow down on that progress and you're going to have to figure out how to continue to progress. But the newbie gains is definitely real. And I see that all the time, again, working with high schoolers, Mm -hmm. um, when they start strength training, I mean, they, they get ripped and, but we are purposely doing that. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're new to it and you feel like you're putting on too much muscle, which probably won't happen, um, you can just pull back the calories and pull back the intensity on your lifting. I'd say 99% of the time when I train women, um, and they start to lift more, their body just gets smaller. Like it's a smaller mm-hmm. version of themselves okay. because they're not, I'm not having them purposely eat like in a surplus. Mm-hmm. They just continue to eat how they normally eat. 
or they just modify their protein intake. And the only thing that happens is their body gets like smaller and their muscles become a little more apparent and they all like that look. And can so you just even, say even, then, why do you think that happens? It's just a decrease of body fat and then an increase in muscle mass. Everyone's seen that, um, the picture of the pound of body fat versus the pound of muscle, the muscle is smaller. They weigh the same, but the muscle is just denser. So it's, it's the, the toned look is muscle in the absence of body fat. So Mm -hmm. even like yesterday, I was talking to a client, she's a 22 year old girl. She's been training with me virtually for, um, about six months now. And she said that she just bought a form fitting, um, dress for the first time in her life because she feels confident in wearing it. So it's like things like that where girls will just be, their body will shrink basically. Mm -hmm. And that'll become a little more, uh, toned if you will. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's the same thing I tell my clients, like, you know, I'm didn't, does you have to, it doesn't just like happen on accident. Like you have to design a program to, help you to gain weight in both ways. And in our program, we're really mostly just focusing on maintaining the muscle mass. So we're not just like having you be in a calorie deficit and then decrease the muscle. So we're really focusing on keeping what you have and then like leaning you out in the way that you would tell if you are getting too bulky would mean that we gave you too many calories. And I feel you kind of like saying the same thing. Is that what you Right. So yeah, exactly. With your program, I think for women or really anybody who starts to take their strength training up a notch and they take it, they start doing more intensity, a little more volume. Um, their body is just going to, uh, shape up if you Mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Like everyone probably in your program will like the way they look if they just start to strength train a little more and follow your nutrition recommendations why is it important to do the strength training? Like why, like, I feel like, cause a normal person probably might just think like, okay, well, if I just want to lose fat, why wouldn't I just cut calories? Like, why do I also have to focus on the strength training part? Like why do both of them need to be there if you do want to lose fat? So there's the term skinny fat. So I don't know if you've, I mm-hmm. mean, you've yeah, some clients say that, but they happen. Yeah. 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 So you've probably talked to your clients about skinny fat, but basically if, if I'm this happened when I first uh, lost weight. I was in high school. I was like 200 pounds. And all I did was start running more and I mm-hmm. ate less. And I got smaller, but I still had body fat on me. Mm-hmm. And I was basically just a small, smaller version of my fat self, you know, because I didn't, I didn't build any muscle. Yeah. So I still had that loose skin. I still mm-hmm. had excess body fat and I had no like muscle definition because I didn't have muscle to begin with or to show. Yeah. And I think even for people that like, don't care about that look, I think, again, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning is like, we want that function. Like we can't just like try to be our smallest self. Cause it's skin. It's not very helpful. Like you're going to lose function. If you don't also focus on preserving that muscle mass as you lose weight. Um, so that's another thing that I just try to constantly tell clients, but I hear you saying again, it's important because Typically people want to lose weight, want to look a certain way that is like a motivator and you're not really going to get there if you're just focusing on the calorie deficit part. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, can you tell us the difference between toned, lean and bulky? So I don't know if these are just words people use in marketing, but I do hear clients say they want these things and can you kind of just go through what they are to you? Toned is often used as a marketing term for women. You'll see pretty much any uh, women's like supplement company or apparel line 
talking about like the toned look and how to get toned or this supplement mm-hmm. will help you get toned, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But that toned look is literally just a lean muscular physique with less body fat. Mm. So if you think of like a lot of female athletes have that toned look, but it's just because they have less body fat and they have more muscle. And then you think of like the 175 pound, like ripped dude on the beach, they are, they they're lean and they're toned, but that's because they don't have a lot of body fat on them and they're at a good body weight for their, for their size. And then bulky would be muscular, but also having a fair amount of body fat on them, which is just going to make them look thicker and more dense in general. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about thinking about that, like football player. Cause I feel like that, I don't know why that's like a needed body shape, but like they're still strong, but we've also have a layer of body fat as opposed to the toned and lean would be just like muscle, but less body fat. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then what can somebody do again to avoid getting too bulky? They're like, we've sold them. They're like, okay, I want to start strength training, but I'm still just like really afraid of getting bulky, getting at a larger size than I am now. What can they do to avoid that? As long as your diet and your calories are in check, you're not going to get bulky. So even if you are training really hard and you're lifting to build muscle, if your calories are in the right place, and you're not overeating, you're not going to get bulky. Like it's impossible. The Mm -hmm. only thing that's going to happen in that scenario is you're going to look leaner. You're going to lose body fat, which is what most people want. So like if you combine a good strength training program and your program and your nutrition intervention, the only thing that's going to happen is the person's going to lose body fat and they're going to gain muscle, like a little bit of muscle and strength. If they feel like they're looking bigger and they're gaining weight for some reason, then you can either pull back on the, on the strength training, or you can modify your calories. So are you saying that, um, you essentially do the same strength training regimen if you're trying to bulk versus maintain, but the nutrition is the only thing that changes or no, there is a different way of training. If you're trying to bulk versus just like lean out In in general, you could technically have the same exact program. Um, as long as you're, you're modifying your calories. So for example, from November to the end of January, my goal was to, uh, put on some weight and build as much muscle as possible and maximize that 0.5 to two grams per pound per month, which is what we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so I was eating in a surplus and my training then looks very similar to how my training is now, but I'm eating in a slight deficit Mm -hmm. and my body has only lost fat and appears leaner. Does that make sense? Yeah. And can you feel that? Like, can you feel that it's like, it's harder for you to progress in your weights if you're like trying to cut or tone or no, you still feel like you get strong. Uh, So it depends on, I mean, that depends on a few factors that depends on your programming Mm-hmm. And it depends on the um, amount of the deficit that you're in. So if I'm in a bigger deficit, say I am eating in a 500 to a 1000 calorie deficit, my strength is definitely going to go down because I'm not giving my body the amount of calories it needs to perform at its highest level. 
but if I'm only eating a small deficit, like 200 to five, like 200 to 400 calories, I'm, I'm still progressing on my weights. It's just not as drastic as it would be versus if I was bulking and I was in a surplus in my calories. Cause when I, when I was bulking my reps or my weight was going up almost every week because I was literally overfeeding my body and giving it the maximum amount of calories it needs to perform at its best. But now since I'm not intaking the amount of calories it needs to even maintain its weight, it's hard to progress in weight and in the gym. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I'm a testament to that too. A long time ago, I tried to bulk. Cause I was like, I'm going to just see what this is about. It sounds fun to be able to eat like 3000 calories a day. And, <laughs> yeah, but I felt like is. it was a lot easier to like increase the weights I lifted every time. And now yeah. I just, I'm like, I'm never gonna do that again. I don't think that's me. So, but I can, I yeah. feel like it is harder to like constantly say, okay, Isla, let's go up like five pounds today. And so I feel like that could be like another indication for somebody like that. If you feel like, you know, you might be on a bulking, uh, route if you are like easily going up in weights all the time. So if you are constantly going in weight up in weight in in the gym, you could either be eating too much or you could have just been holding back to Mm -hmm. begin with. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I did get one audience question that I think is a really good question. Um, that came in is, what counts as effective strength training besides weightlifting? So is this even a valid question? What is your answer to this? This can also, it just depends on where that person's at. So like I said mm-hmm. earlier, you could have the 300 pound person where doing modified pushups is going to be enough strain for them to count as like resistance training versus someone who's advanced and already in really good shape if they're doing modified push-ups, then that's not going to be a sufficient stimulus to progress in strength or muscle. Mm. So if you're in decent shape and say the most amount of push-ups you can do is 40 in order to continue to progress in strength and muscle, you would have to do multiple sets of 40 or you would need to try to push that 40 to like 45 or 50. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where, um, strength training, traditional strength training, going in the gym is nice because you have multiple, it gives you a lot more tools. So you have dumbbells, you have barbells, you have machines. And if you focus on progressing all of those, that's going to be easier than just trying to progress your pushups or your, the amount of lunges you do. So say like you do 200 lunges that could kill some people, not kill, like that could destroy their legs. And, but for some people who are more fit, that won't be enough for them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on where you're at in the spectrum. And then just making sure that you're, if you're trying to build muscle and strength, you have to really push that intensity. And a lot of people don't even know where that point is for them. Yeah. I think that goes along with what I tell clients because a lot of people don't even know what strength training is and marketing is crazy. So a lot of people think that Pilates is good or that yoga is good or that moving or hiking. And my answers are only like, Oh, if you're just starting out, it's probably good. But if you can't continually like continue to like increase something when you're doing that, it's probably not strength training anymore. So you feel like that's like what you're saying too, or is there another recommendation I should be saying instead? No, that's, that's very accurate. And 
I think if you just think about the scalability of an exercise, instead of doing things that just like burn the muscle, mm-hmm. um, you need to try to pick exercises where you have a quantifiable um, amount. So instead of just doing a bunch of kickbacks or like band work where mm-hmm. like, yeah, it burns, but the only way to know if you're progressing is by if the, if the weight is going up or if you're doing more reps, does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's so a good basically, way to put it. yeah, like the, the intensity part is super important. If you take a, if you take a runner, for example, if they're running a mile in eight minutes, the only way to know if they're better is by running a mile in less than eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. If you, if you can only do 10 push-ups, the only way to know if you're stronger is doing more than 10 push-ups. Yeah. Um, so I hear you saying that just because it's burning your muscle doesn't necessarily mean it's strength training. Is that like what you're saying? Correct. The only way, the only way that's an effective strength training is if you're able to do more reps or more weight or a combination of the two, or if you're like a runner, then your time is coming down. Okay. Awesome. To wrap things up, um, do you have one or two actionable tips that somebody can take away from all of this information? Like now they're inspired. They're like, okay, you've sold me. I'm going to start strength training. I know I'm not going to get bulky. What is like one actionable thing that they can do with all this information? I'll give you a few. The first thing I'd say is to make sure that you're still using correct technique. So if you're someone who hears this and you're like, oh, intensity, I'm going to go start pushing myself way more. Mm-hmm. Don't sacrifice your form for the amount of weight you can do or the amount of reps you can do. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're if you doing a set of 12 on an exercise and you get to 10, but your form is getting super sloppy and you're increasing your chance for injury, then you want to stop there and count your set at 10 mm-hmm. instead of pushing it to 12 and actually hurting yourself. Just be cautious of your intensity, um, depending on where you're at and your ability to perform certain exercises. The second one would be kind of that challenge that I said earlier. I would challenge a lot of the listeners to go and try and put on as much muscle as possible because the odds of you doing that are very small. And if you do start to put on too much muscle or you become too lean, then you can just pull back the intensity and adjust from there. And you'll probably be in a spot where you enjoy anyways. So just a little challenge. Yeah. I like that. It's like flipping the mindset on its head of like, instead of trying to be like the smallest thing we possibly can be, let's focus on just gaining muscle and then see where that gets you. Cause it'll probably have better benefits in the long term. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Not only, not only will you'll probably like the more, the way you look, but your functionality is going to be higher and your cardio, your, your your cardiovascular fitness is going to be better. I think you're just going to have a better overall quality of life and you'll be surprised at how fit you can get. A lot of people limit themselves by just trying to, um, be as small as possible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So true. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tyler. If people are wanting to reach out to you, where can they find you at or how can they get in contact with you? talked in the last episode revival fitness uh underscore rbf mm-hmm. and then you could also go to revivalfitness.fit at gmail.com and that's where i am posting a lot of my content about either fat loss or muscle building or mindset in general and then that's where i offer 
online coaching and programming for uh, whatever goals people have. Great. Well, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. I'm going to start plugging this point of action in so we can really reach other people who need us. We're getting a lot of traction from people finding us from the podcast and then following us on everything else, which is great. So just make sure to give us a little bump up for free by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us. So we can just, again, reach more people who need us. But thank you so much for joining us today, Tyler. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.